Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Now remain standing here and put your hands together and welcome Jeannie Burgess to this platform. Come on, Jeannie. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to tell you a little bit about Jeannie. Jeannie is a woman of God. And she received the offering one particular day, and the Lord said, have her bring a word. So we have been meeting every, not every, uh, a few mornings at 7 a.m. talking about the word of God. And I'm telling you, she has a powerful word from God for us today. So one more time, will you welcome Jeannie Burgess to the platform? True Life. First, I want to thank Pastor Devon and Stacy for their investment of time and their trust to hear from God and to bring forth a word. So we're going to pray over the word today and then we're going to get into it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now for your anointing. I thank you, Father, that the people listening online and the people in the congregation this morning, that they hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and not my voice, Lord. I thank you, Father, that it will be more of you and less of me. I thank you, Father, that hearts will be changed today, that minds will be restored, that the spirit of freedom will be released in this congregation and online today, Lord. We thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you that ears are going to hear and eyes are going to see. And Lord, that hearts are going to receive the word of God today. And when they leave this building or they turn off the broadcast, that Lord, this word will not be stolen by the enemy. But it will take root and it will grow and there will be fruit. And we thank you for this, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we will step into the unknown with courage, that there will be a spirit of freedom and courage that is released today and that the people that will choose to receive it and choose to be obedient, Lord, that they will change. Their life will change, Lord, and they will be courageous and they will go forth with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And if you would open your Bibles to Joshua 1.9. And it says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If we break that verse down, the Lord is not giving you a suggestion. He is saying this is a command. If you are going to do something for God and follow his calling on your life, You have to follow his command. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. We cannot do that of ourselves, in and of ourselves. We can't just try to muster up courage. We have to know this last part of the verse. The reason we are strong and courageous, the reason that we can go forward unafraid and not discouraged is because the Lord our God is with us everywhere we go. Every moment that you get up, the Lord is with you. Fear often paralyzes people from taking that first step into the unknown. We were called this year to go forward, accelerate, and make room for the new. But you can't go forward and you can't accelerate and you can't make room for the new when you are allowing fear to paralyze you. 
And we sometimes think of fear paralyzing somebody by, you know, they're doing something big and they fail. But what about that obedience to take that first step? How many of us allow fear to paralyze us because we don't want to just obey that first prompting of the Holy Spirit, that first still small voice to do something different? We, in our human nature, we like to be comfortable. We like to stay in our comfort zone. We, we like to know the known. We like to walk that path where we have our peripheral vision and we know what's coming. Or at least I do. I like to know what's coming next. But that's not what God calls us into. He says, take that first step. He told Noah, hammer that first nail when they did not even know what rain was. He says, you have to step out of your comfort zone. Living by faith requires us to fully trust God and step into the unknown. Psalms 37, verse 23. It says, the Lord delights or directs the the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their lives. The Lord delights in every detail of your life. But where we stop is that we have an enemy. And the enemy, Satan, he also is very interested in every detail of your life. The enemy has a plan to steal, kill, and destroy that purpose that God has put in your life. He knows that you are called by God, but he is not all-knowing. See, God has a purpose and a future and a plan for you, and God is all-knowing, but the defeated enemy is not all-knowing. All he knows is that you have the spirit in you that, that raised Christ from the dead. You have the spirit in you that went down into hell and defeated him. He knows that. So he knows when you wake up in the morning that that spirit is alive. He doesn't know what you might do that day, but all he knows is I have to stop him, I have to stop her, because that anointing is flowing through you. He doesn't know what words you're going to speak to someone that day, but if he can stop you, if he can put fear on you and paralyze you and say, sit down, be quiet, nobody wants to listen to you. He puts lies in your head so that you will listen to him versus what the Spirit is telling you to do. 1 Peter 5.8, it says, stay alert. Don't become lazy. Don't become comfortable, but stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There is a war over our destiny. We have to take our thinking to a higher place. Pastor was just talking about that, where we have to take our our thinking a little bit higher, where if we are the lenders, you know, that's what he just talked about. We have to take our thinking higher. And God has a purpose and a destiny that extends past just you. Your purpose involves others. So when God is calling you to do something, we cannot be so selfish to allow fear to stop us because we're going to be uncomfortable. Because we don't know how that is going to affect someone else. 
you may be uncomfortable to go up and speak to somebody about the Lord or to ask them to, that you can pray. Can, uh, can I pray for you today? Maybe God is prompting you. Can you go to that person and just say, I don't know you. I don't know what you're going through, but can I pray for you? Something that seems so simple and you are so fearful and you're so uncomfortable and you're like, I, I, you know, that's not my personality. God doesn't care if that's your personality or not. He's calling you to be brave. He's calling you to not be afraid, not be discouraged, but to go forward in His power. And He wants you to go to that person and get your mind off of you and what is it going to do for that person. What is it going to do for His kingdom? We are called to go forth and expand His kingdom, not just get by every day and make it through the day and stay comfortable. So we look at examples in the Bible of multiple people who stepped into the unknown by obedience. You think of Moses. I mean, Moses, they were in Egypt, and God was speaking to him saying, there is this great promised land. But to get to that promised land, you have to do something. You have to take a step. You have to walk this path. And you know what? You're going to get halfway through this path and there's going to be a Red Sea. And it's going to be stopping you. And then there's enemies going to come behind you. But he said, go. Get out. He didn't tell them it was going to be easy. And he doesn't tell us that it's going to be easy. But he gives you one word. And are you obedient to follow that one word? Do you let that moment pass by? because you're uncomfortable or you're fearful. We also think about Esther. This was a young Jewish girl. I mean, there's youth in this congregation. I'm sure youth that would be listening online. It doesn't matter your age. God is speaking to you. And for such a time as this, there has, I mean, I look and I think, I dare to say the youth now, the youth that are going to make a difference in our generation, There is a war against our youth. And us, adults, us that know the Word of God, we have to come up under them and undergird them and say, you know what? You're going to have peer pressure. You're going to have temptations. You're going to mess up. But that's not to be in condemnation and shame. It's to go to the Word of God and say, Lord, what is your purpose for my life? Help me. That is our job as adults, to undergird our youth. These are our leaders. These are the ones that are coming up. And just like Esther... She had a choice to make. If the king had not accepted her, she would have died. But she said, what if I was born for such a time as this? What if that opportunity had been missed? What would have happened to all of our history? The whole Jewish race. Jesus, the Son of God. He spoke to a youth a Jewish girl, and all he did, all he said was go forward. All she did was go forward before the king. We also see David. We see Daniel. And what's so interesting, and he did not call them when they were kings. He didn't call David when he was a king. He called him when he was a shepherd boy. We look at Peter. We look at Paul. But I think some of us overlook Jesus. He was the ultimate example of obedience. We see during the the Last Supper, 
We see that he went into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and people were worshiping him. They were worshiping him and saying, Hosanna, praise to the king. And they were just pouring out love. I mean, I'm sure at that point he felt pretty comfortable. And then he's having the supper. And for the most part, we know the story of Judas, but for the most part, he is having a comfortable meal. His needs are being met. He has food. He has a roof over his head. He has people around him that seemingly love him. But he knew his purpose, and he knew what was coming next. He knew the cross was there, but he had to get to the cross. He had to choose to go to the garden that night. And can we just think about that? He's in this comfortable meal with people that love him, and now I'm going to go out into the night. I'm going to kneel on the ground, and I am going to pour out my tears to the Father and say, if there is any other way, can we choose a different way? Because I really don't want this to happen. I mean, he lived in a natural body. He's our high priest because he had flesh. He felt pain. He felt emotions. He felt mental torment. But he knelt there in that garden for each and every one of us and said, not my will be done, but yours. And he went to the cross for us and defeated Satan. How many people never fulfill their destiny because they refuse to take that first step of obedience? It's that first step. It's one foot after another. It's one action after another. It's one word after another. To serve God, you don't have to have this elaborate plan all drawn out for you and a microphone and you're going to travel the world. If God calls you to do that, that's awesome, but you're still going to have to take that first step to prepare and to go forward. God said, get out. He told the Egyptians, get out. He's telling us, get out. It's time for something higher. You have to go forward and to accelerate, you have to move. You have to move. Think about, I think of ponds or or bodies of water. When they sit and there's no circulation, it gets grungy. Bugs develop. It's stagnant. It stinks. That's how our spiritual life can be. Like, no, we want the circulation of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, stirring us up stirring up that fire within you to go forward, accelerate, and make room for the new. You cannot make room for the new if you're not moving things out of the way, right? So you have to move. You have to take steps. And I want you to consider today, these are questions for me and for you. What is God asking you to do? And I'm going to go slow because I want you to really remember these questions when you leave today. Pastor shared a story where uh, he wasn't able to go to a meeting, and a guy said, oh, Pastor, you missed it. They preached a good message today. And he said, well, what was it about? I know it was a good message. He didn't know what he had talked about. So I want you guys to remember this. What is God asking you to do? And you can write these down. What is that burning desire in your heart? What are you passionate about? So what is God asking you to do? What is that burning desire in your heart? And what are you passionate about? If you are sitting there today 
and you can't answer those questions, you're not alone. I will get to the story later, but months ago, I was in that situation, and I could not answer that question. So I'll get to that later. But if you are sitting there and you don't know the answer to that question, that's where you need to go before the Lord. And you need to say, Lord, I've lost my passion, and I need to know the purpose you have for my life. I am not content to wake up every day and go through the motions. I need to hear your voice. And that is your first step. And it is your choice to obey, to go before the Lord and say, what is the purpose that you have for my life? Not my husband, not my children, not someone else, but what do I individually need to do for you? It's not always what God can do for us. What can we do for God? Satan has a plan to steal your passion and your focus. If he can steal your passion, you're not going to be a threat to him. I think of a bonfire and how if you provide enough circulation in a bonfire and you're giving it fuel, it grows and it's flourishing. But if you leave it alone for some time, it gradually suffocates. It gradually dies. It goes out. That is what Satan would love to do, to steal your passion to where you don't feel like opening your Bible. You know you should, but you don't. You know you should pray, but you don't feel like praying today. You don't feel like coming to church. There is such a blessing to be around corporate, like-minded people. There is power in that, and Satan knows it. The enemy knows that. So why would he not try to stop you from coming in the doors of the church? He knows that he can steal your passion that way, and he knows that he can get your focus off of the Word of God and onto all the distractions that are around us. You know, I think, um, I think technology is good in a way, but sometimes I wonder, and this is just me thinking, I don't know if we were created to have so much information. You know, do we need all of it all at once? I mean, I can click one button and it's just a too much. And God is saying, what is God telling me to do today? Today, what is God calling me to do today? Not all of these other messages and, and voices. And so Satan uses that. He uses that to make us weak. He strives to weaken you just like that bonfire so that that passion and that fire will go out. So again, I take you back to those questions. What is God asking you to do? What is that burning desire in your heart? Has it went out? Do you need to stir it back up? And what are you passionate about? I want to look and just stay on Exodus 17, 12. Before I read this, the backstory is, is Joshua is going out to fight in a battle against the Amalekites. And God had spoke to Moses, and Moses told Joshua, he said, you go out and fight, and I'm going up on this hill, and as I hold the staff of God up and my arms up, you will advance, and you will continue to progress. And so Joshua obeyed. He goes into battle, and Moses begins to hold his arms up, like every single one of us. We get a word from God, and if we are obedient, and if we are courageous, and we don't let fear paralyze us. We step out, and we start taking steps. And we're living for the Lord, and we're doing what he says. But after a while, sometimes we become tired. 
And it says here in Exodus um, 17, 12, it says that Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. And what happened was as his arms started falling, the army started to progress against Joshua. And so they started winning, and Joshua and the Israelites began to lose. But every time that Moses held his arms up with the staff of God, they began to progress. And so what happens was he's becoming tired, and he can no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands so his hands were steady, held steady until sunset. We know the ending of that story is that the Israelites won that battle. But how did they win that battle? It wasn't because Moses was able to hold his arms up the whole time. He became weak, but he had people around him that were willing to step in and said, I'll hold your arms up in this battle. So sometimes we look at it and think, yes, if I am weak, I thank you, God, for those around me that are going to hold my arms up. And that is wonderful. But what if you're the one that is holding Moses' arms up? What if you are the one that God has called to hold the arms of someone else up? One act of obedience can change your life. Just one act can change your life if you are obedient to do what God is calling you to do. We are going to feel fear while we live in this world, but it's our choice how we will respond. It's the same thing, um, you know, the band even, or even as I was getting ready to prepare this message, the enemy, the voice that would come. And I felt fear. You know, everybody feels fear, but you can do something afraid. You can choose to be brave. Our foundational scripture of Joshua 1, 9, you don't have to put it up on the screen, but it said to be strong and to be brave, be courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Why? Because the Lord is going to go with you. We have to remember that when God calls you to do something, he's going to equip you and he's going to go with you. As long as you are walking with him and you are trusting in him and depending on him, you are going to advance with God. Let's look at Psalms 56, verse 3. It says, When I am afraid, I will trust in you. Here, David, a man after God's own heart, felt afraid. You don't have to be condemned or shamed because you're fearful of something. But don't let it stop you. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. Let's look at Psalms 23, 4. It says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Even when I walk, I have to do something. Even in the midst of fear, I walk through the darkest valley. I will not be afraid. Sometimes we are called to go through something, but again, the presence of God is with us. We hear that wonderful testimony of yours a few weeks ago. You went through some things, but you continued. You continued spiritually to take steps. You continued to be brave and courageous and to not be afraid, not be discouraged. The Lord God was with you every step of the way. You went forward, and we've seen acceleration. 
That was amazing, an amazing testimony. We've heard testimonies all throughout this congregation. We hear of Ruthie and how God is accelerating healing in her. She's going forward. She doesn't get a report and lay there and say, well, that's it. No. What has God told me to do? He said to go forward, to accelerate, make room for the new. I'm sure there are times that each and every one of these ladies and you that have testimonies felt fear. You felt like you were weak. You felt like giving up. But you said, no, I'm going to be strong and courageous. I will not be afraid or discouraged. I will go forward for God's presence is with me. And that is what we have to do each and every day. When I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. I wanted to go back and share um, just a quick story of what I was talking about earlier, about sitting and answering those questions and not having passion. So it was probably back in September. And like Pastor said, when the God gives you a word, he writes it down and he dates it, or he transcribes a prophecy. And so I have a video prophecy that is saved on my phone because I know without a shadow of a doubt that God spoke to me that day. So when God is giving a word and he's saying, who's going to receive it? Receive it. If God is speaking to your heart, receive it. So in um, September, he had, he had a word from the Lord about going forward, accelerating. Um, and, well, I guess that was before that, but it was, it was coming. <laughs> I didn't know at the time, I guess. But um, he said, he said, I sense in my heart that there is a group of people that God is calling to do something. If it's to write a book, write a book. If it's to write a new song, write a song. If you're to learn an instrument, learn an instrument. He's going through this, and he's like, if it's to start a business, start a business. And I had been not obedient, and the Lord has been putting, have been putting on my heart, you need to start this business. It's time for you to step away from the current job you're in and start a business. But again, I was comfortable I didn't want to go into something that was uncomfortable. I didn't know how to do it. It was the unknown. And so that really just hit me that day. And so I kept meditating upon it and praying. And finally God was like, I will ask one more time. Because he won't continue just to ask and ask and ask. There is a season, an ordained season in your life that if you let that opportunity pass, I don't know if it will come back. And he will ask somebody else. You know, I don't remember where I heard this story. And, Pastor, you may have shared it, or it may have been somebody else, where someone had been called by God to get up and to, to preach or maybe to do a meeting. And this guy was just like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you that you would call me. Thank you. And, and God spoke to him and said, oh, I called seven more before you. So, one, don't let pride go to your head. I called seven more, but you were the one that obeyed. And so I started praying about it, and I said, okay, God, when I am afraid, I will trust you. And so I I branched out, and I started doing all the research that I needed to do to start the business that I own today. In that time period, though, before manifestation, breakthrough, to where things kind of even out now, you feel like, okay, I can breathe now, like I'm on the other side, I had to go through some things. So I started the whole process of starting the business that I own, and then I was attacked in my body. I started dealing with health issues, and with that, and 
you know, the duties of starting a new business and owning a new business. Um, I was attacked in my body and then I was attacked in my mind. And so I started um, talking with pastor and to other people in the congregation saying, I need help. I need someone to come up under me and hold my arms up in those moments. And in those moments where I was standing for healing, one of the things that started attacking me that I had not dealt with in my life to this severity was panic attacks. Just the spirit of anxiety that would come upon me in the middle of the night or during the day and just this panic. And I mean, it was panic attacks that I was like, I'm gonna, I felt like I was literally going to die. It was closing in. And this went on for months, for months. And, you know, I prayed and I took communion and I did the things in the spiritual that God was calling me to do. I did what I needed to do in the natural. But there was a moment where I did what Psalms 34, 6 says. It says, in my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened, and he saved me from all of my troubles. What happened that was the thing that changed in my desperation when I prayed, and the Lord listened, I began to do what he was telling me to do. Get up. Get up and go forward. For me, it was paralyzing me. I didn't want to get out of bed I didn't want to move physically. And I was like, what is happening to me? This is not me. But I would still lay there. And I would cry. And I would say, what is happening, Lord? Like, I'm serving you. And finally, when I cried out in that desperation, he said, get up. Move. Go forward. Even if you're feeling this fear, even if your heart is gonna, feels like it's going to burst out of your chest and you're sweating and you literally are like, I don't feel like I can function today. Go forward. And there was a breakthrough in that. And the thing that also helped me through every single one of those attacks is saturating myself in the truth that my father loves me. And pastor has taught on this. And please don't let this go over your head of just, oh, Jesus loves me, this I know. No, your father loves you. Your father loves you. I would lay there in the bed. I would get up and walk to where I needed to go, and I would say, my father loves me. I said that I don't know how many times. My father loves me. My father loves me. You guys say that right now. Out of your voice, let's hear you say, my father loves me loves me. My father loves me. <laughs> yes, say it again. My father loves me. My father loves me. When you have an understanding that your heavenly father loves you so much that he's telling you to go forward even when you feel afraid because his presence is going to be with you, that is perfect love. That is perfect love that casts out all fear. I had a deeper understanding of that first. Perfect love casts out all fear because it is the knowledge of a perfect love that you can't earn. He loves you no matter what. My father loves me. And when that happened, the lies would stop. The thoughts would stop. That feeling would calm down. My father loves me. No matter what happens today, no matter what happens in the world, my Father loves me. And there is deliverance in saturating yourself in the truth that your Father loves you. 
You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.